distance Join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics And have a pass and match this Here's how we practice The last Hey, a bunch of fat-ass cuckoo birds. This is Pop Culture Continuum. I'm John Except Elliott. You. This is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing... Barney Miller versus Brooklyn Nine-Nine. See, now you you always talk about uh, whenever we start doing some uh, fake right-wing joke, how I, I immediately like make sure people know that I'm liberal. But then you do the same thing whenever I insult the audience. I want to make sure that they they, they they know we love them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, love's, love's a very strong word. It's very close to loathe. It's, yeah, it is. It is close to loathe. And, uh, it and is they're a, both close to loaf. Yeah, which is also close to oaf, which is what I consider most of our listeners. So it comes full circle. And I loaf them. There's a very famous Abbott and Costello joke, which is, probably means it's a very famous vaudeville joke that, uh, that a guy wants to sign up to be a loafer. And it just goes on and on, and it's really funny. It sounds hilarious. <laughs> it would be, if I were funny. Uh, it's uh, it's no who's on first. Well, my father was a loafer. That's how I got the job. The uh, Barney Miller was the first show we watched, and we picked... Uh, do you know the actual name of the episode? I think it might be named Hashish. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Hash Brownies. And you can you can find it on YouTube, uh, the whole episode, although broken in in two parts, um, if you want to watch. But uh, I didn't make note of, uh, do you know what season it's from? I didn't make note of that. Nope, I have no idea. I didn't do anything but watch it. Um, but we could probably, we can probably find that kind of thing out. Um, but... As you said to me before we went on the air, it definitely holds up. Oh, the show for sure holds up. It was just called Hash. It's from season three, episode eleven. Season three. Okay. Do you know what year that was? That's what. Nineteen seventy-six. Seventy-six. Wow. It had the spirit. So it's about uh, it's about Wojo, one of the detectives. Uh, his girlfriend bakes them bakes some hash brownies and gives them to him and he brings them into the precinct and everybody eats the hash brownies and uh, wackiness ensues that's the great thing wackiness does ensue but in a bad sitcom wackiness ensues le- much more much less subtly yes the, the ridiculous starts really weirdly and if you if you don't know what's going on it, it you don't you don't pick up on it right away which I think is great and then no, it's, it's awesome it, it at some point, it becomes ridiculous, but that's why it's funny. But it doesn't start off ridiculous as a lot of shows would do. Right, and I was thinking that as I was watching it. I mean, obviously, I think you kind of get it just from the title. Um, what's yeah, what's going on? Yeah, when you're watching but, a show, you don't know the title of a right, show. It's right, right, when you're it watching it first run. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about that when I was watching it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is – it's even more funny when you do know what's going on. Like if, you know, back in 76, if you could go back and rewatch it. Um, after having known, it, it is funny to to see how they play it out. I think so, and I I I would love to watch it not knowing. I would love to have watched it that way just to know what it, my reaction was. But you know, you can't do that. But it was it was really well done. I, I like when when shows of all types know not to yell at the audience what they're doing, just to do it. Right, right, because the 
the effects of the hash um, come on gradually, like you said, um, or it affects their behavior gradually, at least. Yeah. And and different characters react to it differently. But and to start with, nobody is over the top. No, no. And even when they get over the top, they're not. Uh, it's not annoyingly over the top. No, no. It's uh, yeah. It's I was really very happy that that this at least this episode held up so well. It's um, a couple steps past reality, but still within the realm of not being ridiculous. Right. Even over the top. The uh. Yeah, the acting was all really good, I thought. And yeah, not, not a downloaded at all. The, the guest stars were great, and the regulars were great. It's such a wonderful show. Oh, uh, Brownie's done. already. The, uh, we're sending each other files over Skype, people, if you want to know what that sound was. Um, the uh, files for our next episode. The, the Yeah, the characters are all really cool. I especially in, well... There's a couple standouts in this episode, I thought. Um, uh, for me, a standout is definitely Abe Vigoda. <laughs> well, Abe Vigoda is always a standout. <laughs> when he comes, but there's a, a scene in the episode where he and Roger Hoetz are, are, are chasing a burglar. And they, they're jumping from building to building. And the, the burglar is screaming, what, I, I can't believe you jumped that. It's amazing. I, I was, I forget exactly what he said. Yeah, he's like he that, was just the shocked. old man, the old yeah. man jumped like 12 feet across the buildings. And what is, <laughs> go to says, you think you're playing with children? Yeah, that was, <laughs> and it was just, that was one of the great reactions where he's usually, I, from what I remember the show, most of it is him just being lazy. Lazy. So and, his, yeah. And having to go to the bathroom, and that was just such a great. And how he played it, he did play a tough guy, and it just showed how great it could have been if he would have had different kinds of roles. And he was great. Oh yeah, but, no, he was awesome, and he yeah, I, I love the way it affected him because he didn't get he didn't get stupid or goofy or anything. He actually got became a serious cop when he was yeah, high. yeah. And then the uh, the his his reaction when he finds out the one the one thing that after twenty years one thing makes me happy, and I find that it's illegal. <laughs> right, the, yeah, the one the one thing that makes me feel this good, the uh, I liked also I really liked uh, Ron Glass. Um, God, I don't know why I can't think of any of the characters' names right now. Um, the black dude. Yeah, he's Harris. Harris. They're, they're kind of aside, aside from Wojciechowicz and Fitz Fish, most of their names are kind of bland. So like the the, the Hawaiian guy, or I don't know what he is, but he's Nick. Yeah, Nick. But he is Nick Yamana, I think. Yeah, so. that's true. And he was great too, Jack Sue. Mm-hmm. Because he, he's just got that like, he's got that dead-eyed face, <laughs> and uh, but but then he's like singing and dancing and yeah. And... Has anybody seen my legs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they gave they gave them great lines, but and they but they went be above and beyond. There, the reading of the lines was even better than the lines themselves. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. He he read it much better than I just did. Um, so I I I guess you don't know. I don't know if you know or not. But there is one character who is a real. He wasn't in this episode that I remember from Barney Miller. I feel yeah, like. Dietrich. Dietrich. It, was he maybe not on the show yet? He wasn't just... on the show yet. Yeah, okay. I think he came in in a later season. I gotcha. Um, Steve Landisberg, I think that was his name, the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was really good too. He was like a a brainiac. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like kind of a know it all that annoyed people, but also very deadpan and funny. Yeah, he wasn't there yet. Um, I mean, I think 
Wojo's kind of the weakest link just because he's like the the stock kind of dumb character. Yeah, and you can't do much with that on this kind of show. I mean, no. Although he's not like dumb to the level that they have it with like Joey from Friends or something. Or Andy from Parks and Rec. Right, yeah. To no, name a dumb character that's enjoyable. He's still believable. He's just, uh, he's just slightly dumber. What's that? He's naive. Yeah, as much naive. As he is dumb. Because sometimes he, he does come through with intelligence, but he's more eager, young, naive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's shown in this episode because one of the, his his fits of jealousy since Ron Glass, Ron Harris was using a, a common phrase that his girlfriend also used. Right, uh, love handles, which love, yeah. maybe that was a new thing at the time. Um, maybe. That's shocking. Expression. I know, who knows? Um, but yeah, he got, because he had mentioned that his girlfriend called his his uh, fat love handles and, and then... Harris mentioned love handles and yeah, he went, he started getting all jealous. How did, where'd you hear that term? Because he mentioned that his girlfriend had a thing for cops. Right. Right. So, um, I would have liked to see the girlfriend. She was obviously some kind of, um, kind of stalkerish hippie chick or something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, I don't think much holds up from that era. Like if you think of welcome back Cotter, I don't think I could watch that show now. No, I but I I disagree. I, I I agree about Welcome Back Cotter, but Sanford and Sons the same era. Yeah, Bob Newhart shows the same era. So I I mean, there's a few that really hold That's up. True, Mary but, Tyler Moore was still going, I think. Yeah, it was probably at the end, and near, near the end, but it was still good at the end. So sure, yeah. I mean, but we remember all those ones, but you know, there were hundreds of other uh, pieces of dreck. At the same time, but I guess that's true of, of yeah. That's that. Time. What's that? Yeah. That law. That Sturgeon's law. I think ninety percent of everything is shit. Yeah. Ten percent's good, which is kind of which uh, is optimistic in my yeah opinion, but... yeah. Yeah. He was, no, it... he was referring to science fiction specifically, so you disagree with him entirely. But <laughs> you're right, uh, because soap too was uh, you know coming into that era. Maybe soap was a little later than seventy six, but. Mm-hmm. I, 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 before the podcast started, I, I just, cause we watched Barney Miller on YouTube and it didn't include the theme song. So I looked it up on, on, uh, uh, YouTube, just the theme song. And I listened to five minutes of different versions of it and they all sound very similar. But then it, the next thing that was on, on YouTube was top 10 theme songs of the seventies. And I put that in and there's a couple, like San Francisco was number one. And of course that's awesome. Great Quincy Jones. It, and then it morphed into the theme song for a show called Chico and the Man, which I've never seen. Oh, I've seen it. Freddie Prinze Sr. Oh, that's the show he was in. Yeah, and Eddie oh, Albert, was yeah. it? Not Eddie Albert. I don't remember the old dude's name. The the guy from Crazy Like a Fox, that red-haired guy? Was no, not Jack Warden. Jack Warden. That's um, fuck. All right, I'm going to look up uh, Chico and the Man right now. I, yeah, I don't remember the theme song for it, though. It was very – it was dripping 70s. Just had kind of a not jazz, sort of jazzy start, and then it had this uh, folky John Denver-like singer singing about Chico's problems with the man. Yeah, I, it wasn't that, that. That's one that wasn't a great show. I feel that's like. what I was thinking. I, I was just bringing I was bringing that up just to mention that I, I would imagine that Chico and the Man was not up in the upper echelon of TV shows. Like Welcome Back, Cutter. Maybe you have to be a certain age to like that show because when I was little, it was old. And I knew it was old, but it was still kind of funny, but stupid. So maybe if a kid watched that and they didn't care about old, like lots of kids would just by the fact that it's not from the last five years, wouldn't like it. But some kids wouldn't mind. They might like the humor. 
So it's juvenile humor. Maybe adults never liked Welcome Back, Cotter, but definitely doesn't hold up for me. Yeah, no, I don't think. But this does. And I remember watching Barney Miller um, at home and like laughing along like with my parents, although I didn't really quite get it. Yeah, but I, I think that's there was a lot of different levels of humor on the show, so it was good for everybody. Yeah, and I, but this episode I remembered from watching it, if not first run, then like in reruns while, while the show was still on the air. Mm-hmm. And I just remember cracking up at the idea of fish bounding across from the cops. <laughs> um, Jack Albertson was a dude in Chico and the Man who was Grandpa Joe and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Oh, oh, I would say he's he's better known and better work for. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Willie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I'm sorry. Well, what what other... I mean, yeah, I would say Sanford and Son and Barney Miller are probably the two great theme show... or theme songs of TV shows of the 70s. I don't even know that I would think... Well, they probably had Welcome Back, Cotter on there because that song was a hit on its own. I only listened to four. It was uh, The first one was Sanford and Son. The second one was uh, Beretta. I don't remember it. I'm sure it was, uh, it was 70s cop music. Well, it had that, but it also had lyrics where it was like, part of the lyrics were, if you're going to do the crime, you're going to have to pay the time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was informative. Because I was thinking after the podcast going to rob a bank, because it's a Saturday, and I imagine that there's less security on Saturdays. I'm not sure. But it, then I thought, I don't want to do the time. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it's good you listen to that Beretta theme song first, then. Well, I... the. I think everybody knows the best time to rob a bank is on Halloween because you can dress up in a costume and they'll never, they'll never be able to ID you. Oh, that's, I guess that's why I'm not a good criminal. And you are. And that's why I've robbed 50 banks. Um, and admitted it on a, a national podcast with an audience of at least 10. It, it, it is strange that I've robbed 50 since I'm only uh, 43. Um, and Halloween comes oh, I just, but once I, a I year. Just, that you you'd rob 25 banks on one Halloween. I didn't put together that you rob them once a year. Uh, if I, yeah, I mean, I think you don't want to, you don't want to over, overextend yourself. But couldn't you also rob them on Mardi Gras? That's true. You, oh, you totally could on Mardi Gras. And, uh, and I mean, but at Mardi Gras, why not just pick people's uh, wallets? Well, that's true. That's but, uh, Mardi how about, Gras tradition. Well, how about uh, January 15th? Couldn't you do it then? What's January fifteenth? Isn't that the day? Well, I guess this is an East Coast thing. We all, as a as a community, watch the film Mask. The the uh, one with Cher. Well, not the Jim Carrey, the Mask. I, but... I say I say Eric Stoltz, you say Cher. So just the community all watches it. So while they're watching Mask at the bank, I figured we could go in and just take the stuff because they're engrossed by Cher's performance. Or Eric Stoltz's uh, makeup. Oh, I thought he wore makeup in the other movies. No, no, yeah, it was. Act- I know, I did too, because I think this was one of his first. But no, it was actually, it was actually prosthetics and stuff for Mask. Did I? So I've always heard the story that Eric Stoltz was the original Marty McFly in Back to the Future, but I didn't know how extensive it was. Oh, they started shooting. I think. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. Which. <laughs> I don't know, six of one, half a dozen the other. I guess Michael J. Fox was fine in it. Yeah, I, well, I, I think what I don't know. Somebody said that it was he, uh, Stoltz was taking the role too dramatically. Oh, he I could, I could see that the humor, or the whimsy that Michael J. Fox did. But who knows? Uh, but the I can't remember his name. So stupid, uh, Elliot. No, 
like Doc Brown. Who played Doc Brown? Oh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd was on one of those podcasts, and he was just talking about his entire career, which is an excellent episode of uh, Nerdist. And he was talking about his experiences working with Stoltz and how he was great, and he doesn't know why he got passed, but it doesn't matter because Michael J. Fox was great too. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it worked out. Michael J. Fox was good in Back to the Future, um, better than Eric Stoltz would have been, I guess, and and Michael J. Fox wouldn't have worked in Mask. No. So Eric Stoltz might have worked in Teen Wolf. Yeah, well, he already had the the, the face prosthetic experience, so he might have worked out better that way. In any there's, case, there's an actor from Teen Wolf who was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure at the same time. So I remember as a kid watching both those movies back to back and saying, "Hey, that's that's just an actor. That's not a real character." Oh, I was just thought he was traveling from movie to movie. Oh, just oh, that would have been cool. Con man, because he did steal Pee Wee's bike. Who was the actor? Do you know? Big fat guy that was in both movies. I don't know his name. Uh, Sorry, actor. If you're, I'm sure you're listening. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be thrilled with that. I should have said overweight. The uh, the thing about Barney Miller was it was kind of like Cheers, in that pretty much all the action took place inside the precinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you occasionally get to their apartments but not very often right well they did a spinoff of fish i don't know if you remember that yeah it was pretty terrible i uh yeah like he had a big huge family of like adopted kids or some shit i don't even remember it was it was ridiculous i i think i saw it once and i was seven or eight and i liked the fact that because i guess barney miller must have been in a lot of reruns and my dad must have loved it because i remember watching barney miller every night yeah, oh, I, I mean, I just remember watching it when it was on, weekly, not every night. But it, I'm sure it was in reruns for a while. It was so popular. Um, I'd be interested to see how Barney Miller ended, because I don't remember that. Uh, it probably it must have gone into the early 80s, I would imagine. No, it was a 9-11 episode there. Precinct was sadly oh, up, blown uh, up. destroyed, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there was any kind of special ending. You know, I don't think that kind of thing ha- started happening until Cheers. With the, oh, this, like, yeah. Oh, I guess that, that's know... not true. Uh, that's a lie, because Mary Tyler Moore had their final episode, so never mind. Right, yeah, they knew. Um, yeah, but... some shows got that that nice to be able to say goodbye, but not all shows got that. So it would be neat if Barney Miller did get, did get that, like he was promoted to commissioner or something. Yeah, and, and who knows, that could have happened. Um, mm-hmm. But, shit, I'm trying to find the seasons on Wikipedia right now. But, ah, fuck, it doesn't matter. Um, oh, opening theme. Let me look that up. But the interesting thing about Barney Miller, not interesting to most people, but who cares, that how, multi, especially for the 70s, how multicultural the cast is. Yeah, it like, sticks out. Like a real police precinct. There's, you know, there's Hispanic, there's black, there's white, there's... Asian. Asian. There's midget. Yeah, <laughs> Levitt is that? That's the dude's name, right? Yeah, Levitt. there's a. Uh, what race are people who do Broadway? I don't know. Whatever hell Linden is. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I there's some weird alien race, <laughs> and Sh- he's a part of it. Pure showbiz, razzle dazzle. Well, not necessarily Broadway people, but uh, like Vegas people really freak me out. Like there's certain people, well, Broadway too, I guess there are certain people like, uh, I might've talked to you about it before. 
like Robert Goulet uh-huh. and and like to a lesser extent Wayne Newton and uh but and but then also like Carol Channing who always just really scared me especially as a kid um because they're so fucking show busy that I, well, I they're like robots like I'm like they don't they're not real people they're just lots well, uh, I think that when they were younger they probably were real people but as they aged they became parodies of themselves maybe so yeah and and obviously all of them I knew as they were older yeah, I think Carol Channing might have been a regular person, but eventually she became that Hirschfield uh, set. What's that? Uh, the drawing he did of her where the face was huge and just, yeah, just kind of a joke. Right. Well, but it's also like the the weird thousand yard stare in the eyes yeah, I don't... and the, and the uh, painted on smile. Yeah, I was just going to say the smile that does not reach their eyes ever. No. Yeah. It's just it just like drips showbiz insincerity yeah those people freak me out and i they freak me out a little to this day and the teeth and the teeth i remember reading this was probably back in the 80s or 90s or something but um johnny depp saying he was really freaked out by uh john davidson do you remember that dude yes he has that i I think i see the look you're talking about yeah yeah i'm trying to think of a modern day person who has it yeah, the, it's kind of an older school thing. Well, yeah. maybe Elaine Stritch, although she's also really old. Um, I don't know who that is. I don't think. Oh, she played uh, Jack Donahue's mom on Thirty Rock. Oh yeah, well she yeah she's sort of of that era. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a couple of years behind it, but I'm just thinking. I'm wondering if there is. I don't there think. Must be. I don't. Yeah, I can't think of an equivalent modern day because it's it's not the era of like variety shows on TV and that all that old kind of corny humor yeah. singing anymore so yeah anyway um yeah how linden was and i think he must have gone back to like uh stage acting after barney miller because i don't i don't recognize him from anything else really no i i i, I, I mean i think maybe he did some dumb sitcom or something that lasted a season um after after barney miller ended he appeared in several television films including i do i do um, which was an adaptation of a musical um, and the television film second edition. Yeah. Not, nothing really that, that anybody would know about in his post Barney Miller career. So Barney Miller went on, was, was on for eight years. It went off in 82. It, okay. Then, yeah. That makes sense. And then he probably did a lot of stage and guest guest spots. And maybe he tried to do other shows and they didn't really stick. Yeah. So. That's, that's what I think. But I mean, he has a great voice. I mean, you don't notice it in Barney Miller all the time, but when he's when he hollers, you really see how great like he has a real commanding voice. Yes, and he's a he's a perfect straight man mm-hmm. on the show, and he reminds me of uh, of the captain in Brooklyn Nine Nine, which we'll talk about a little later. Just just his uh, role on the show. Right. Yeah, I, I can see that. The 9-9 guy's a little bit pushed all the way over to the edge of being a straight guy that, that he's almost funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hal Linden uh, or Barney Miller doesn't really necessarily get any big laughs. No, no, he's just there to provide the 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 contrast. Yeah, the show wouldn't work without him, for sure. Although it, his reaction to Levitt when Levitt was trying to cover up the... <laughs> cover up the the hash episode was pretty funny i don't remember and i just watched it oh and he's Levitt's like don't worry captain uh i'll take him home i i don't want anyone to see this wink wink oh yeah he's like Every, everybody already knows <laughs> yeah he's... 
You can tell whoever you want. <laughs> yeah, I loved... Uh, I, I really loved Harris's reaction. I mean, he, he was high, but he was still cool. He was yeah he was cool but until until uh, until uh, uh, Yemeni Yemeni started singing and then he just started cracking up and he was pretty useless. Yeah, that's true. He was still cool and he knew exactly what was going on. He's like, this feels like so obviously he's he's had it before. Oh yeah, Barney Miller said um, send these brownies to the lab to get tested and he he grabs a box <laughs> and picks up one and puts it in his mouth. He tells me he thinks there's hash in it. <laughs> Yeah, I actually I laughed out loud at this episode, which, which is, I don't do for most episodes now of of new TV shows. So yeah, I definitely laughed all the way through. This it was great. I, um, I also like the mushy mushy stuff. Yeah, Jack Sue, and even the even that the bit at the end of the episode where you knew it was going, it still cracked me up with the with the two Polish guys. Oh yeah, the the. The uh, final now. Now that was a performance. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of an old vaudeville joke, but it worked. And it also worked because Barney Miller was very good at doing, at least that's how I remember it, doing serious stuff and not being saccharine. Right. And I thought that his speech was pretty sweet and a very nice speech, even though it ended up being a punchline of a joke. It was still a nice speech. Yes, but you were still glad that they did the punchline at the end. Well, you're glad, but you also saw it coming. There's no way they were going to have a straight speech there. Yeah, I suppose. Well, yeah, I guess it was the 70s, not the 80s, so it wasn't. They weren't but doing feel-good episodes then. Once in a while, Barney Moore, I feel like I remember would have feel-good stuff in it though. And but I think I just feel like they they made it work better than the 80s stuff. Yeah. Well, I think they had to. I mean, at at the root of the show, it's it's pretty depressing. They were yeah. going to really run down uh, precinct. It looks the place looks like shit. And this was this was seventies New York, not not Giuliani New York. Right, it, yeah, very similar to the look of say Archie Bunker's house mm-hmm. in Queens, just just rotting and and stains on the walls and stuff. Um, yeah, terrible. And and you know they're dealing with criminals all the time. Um, but Do yeah, you rem- the- I rem- remember a running a running character who would appear on the show once in a while who was playing God. Not God. He thought he was God. No. Oh, I have a real strong memory of that, and I couldn't find who the actor was. Wait, was he, was he a Hispanic dude? No, it was an old guy. Okay. No, but no. a very a very striking face. So I, I just wanted to see if he'd ever been in anything else, and I think he probably was an episode of Night Court, which makes sense because a lot of the people who worked on Barney Miller went on to work on Night Court. In fact, the uh, I was reading some bit of trivia that Reinhold Weege, who created Night Court, named his production company Starry Night Productions based on there's an episode of Barney Miller where they had they faked a porn production company and the night of the porn production company was Starry Night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I was thinking of the the Hispanic dude I was thinking of was uh Gregory Sierra who was actually an actor. He was one of the cops on Barney Miller from like oh. 75 to 76. So like and just... formerly on uh, Sanford and Son as the neighbor with a goat. Yeah, and also Maybe no, I, maybe he wasn't on soap. Um, I think I'm confusing him, but yeah, yeah, that guy. Um, sorry, I'm looking him up right now. Just yeah, he was on soap. That's what I thought. Was um, he ever on Sesame Street? Looking right now. Nope, he was on X Files though. <laughs> Still alive? He he was on AES Hudson Street. Maybe that was a Sesame Street spinoff. <laughs> 
Now, of all the cast of Barney, Barney Mill, the only guy I've seen recently is Ron Glass on anything of note. I that's... saw Max Gale, who played uh, Wojo, mm-hmm. um, in a couple like little bit parts, but but like dramatic work, not sitcoms or anything. Yeah, yeah. Same with Ron Glass. Ron Glass was in Firefly. As a, it was a pretty big part, so it wasn't just a bit part. I might have seen. I'm looking at Max Gale's list, and I might have seen something. But uh, anyway, it was a pretty big part for Firefly, and he played a small part in. Not uh, Ron Glass played a small part in uh, Avengers. I'm not Avengers of uh, the Agents of Shield. Oh no shit! I, yeah, I really like Ron Glass. Um, I like... You watched that, right? You saw his part. I can't first, remember it. The first episode, he was the Doctor. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, it probably jumped out at me at the time, and I and then mm-hmm. I just forgot that it was him. He he had one more appearance since then. That's it. Well, yeah, I thought I thought everybody was really good. Yeah, yeah. I just it's interesting to think about what what they've gone on to do. Yeah. Well, this I mean this was a long time ago. They're yeah. all pretty old now. Pretty old, you know, seventies, eighties. Although Ron Glass looks pretty good still. Yeah, black don't crack. Excuse my racism. It's it's always excused on this program. Um, he's not seventy yet, so he's not quite as old as the other guys. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like you think, sit when you're on a big sitcom, you you probably feel like you have your whole like just your careers open then after that, but a lot of people just go on not to do anything. And then the ones you wouldn't think like Woody Harrelson go on to huge things, you know? Yeah. Like he's the last person from cheers. You probably would have thought because, um, you know, people loved George went well. And also, uh, I think the last person I would have thought is Al Rosen. Who's Al Rosen. He's that guy, the old guy in the background who would have like one line a season. Oh yeah. Well, that's true. But I mean like the, the yeah. main cast and, and you know, John Ratzenberger, is that his name? Mm-hmm. He's done all the all the uh, Pixar stuff. Yeah, that's. I guess he's had a big part in one of them, but does I thought a lot of Woody Harrelson. Yeah, and I thought, uh, a lot, well, Ted Danson's done well for himself. Um, but yeah, most, he's mostly been all in over TV. the place. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he ever even tried to go to movie except Three Men and a Baby, but right, basically just a long TV show. And I think he did Cousins with uh, Isabella Rossellini uh, <laughs> back in the eighties, but. But he's done really well on TV. He had that one show I refused to ever watch because I watched one episode and it was terrible where he's a doctor who's a, a jerk. Oh, Becker. Yeah. No, that's Becker. horrible. I mean, that, and then, that might as well be on CBS present day. It's so bad. <laughs> and he did that HBO show. He's a part of that, which. Yeah. Was that Galifianakis and, mm-hmm. and uh, Jason, what's his name? Schwartzman. And now he's a regular on CSI. Oh, is he? Well, he was also on Damages uh, first season. He was really good. And and uh, I guess Rhea Perlman hasn't done anything, but I think a lot of people would have expected, like, say George Went or or Shelley Long or Kirstie Alley to go on to stuff too. But. Yeah, yeah. Shelley Long, especially, has had a terrible career. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she's done stage work or something. But as far as things you can see on a regular basis, it hasn't been quite successful. Well, from what I hear, she was quite a diva. So. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was just like she wanted to leave to do movies and it was nothing personal. Yeah, maybe. Um, but but her lack of success, I don't know. Who knows? It, it could just be luck or it could be that she was unpleasant. Although she's, you know, she's come back on Modern Family. Yeah, bad choice. For what, her as, as the ex? Should have been Katie Seagal. Katie Seagal or nothing. Oh, I agree. I agree. They did have Bud Bundy on. Yeah. One episode, um, 
But yeah, Katie Skull would have been great. Well, uh, I guess we're done with this episode of Barney Miller, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I think we talked about most everything in it. We talked about it more than it actually lasted, so. Yeah, and uh, there were some really good laughs in it, so you should you should check it out on YouTube. If you just punch in Barney Miller on YouTube, uh, Hash Brownies is one of the ones that'll pop up automatically, so it's not difficult to find. Um, all right, well, then you want to take a quick break? Yeah. Let's do it. We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shanmiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing, steeplechasing. Days later. And uh, now we're on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and the Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode we picked was the season finale, because it was the one that was just on. Yeah. Easy to find. Yeah. And not... I mean, they're both uh, cop sitcoms. They definitely... Brooklyn Nine-Nine owes a lot to Barney Miller, and that's not just... Everyone watching it doesn't doesn't think not only the people watching it think that, but the creators said that we we took that as a model. Oh, really? I, yeah, I saw an interview with the guys, and they're like, we Barney people. Well, actually, I don't know where they got this, but it's all over. Like every every t- thing you read about Barney Miller, there's write ups that said there's there's the interviews with cops all over the place, and they thought Barney Miller was the most realistic cop show, and that's what the guys creating this is like. Uh, cops used to think Barney Miller is a realistic cop show, and that's because most cop shows have him running around doing murder, but really a lot of the work is done in the office, and that's what we're doing with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We, right, we sitting Barney, around. Sitting around, and they talk about how uh, Barney Miller was, as we talked about, was a multicultural show, and we're doing the same thing. There's, I don't know if they said that specifically, but they definitely do. I mean, there's there's a, a gay character, there's a black character, there's two women. It's, Hispanic, yeah. Hispanic, yeah, it's all over the place, so... Well, one white guy. There's it. even a gay black character. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, you, but, and yet it doesn't seem like it's pandering in any way. No, the, no, that's the characters that's what... are all, all, are all fully fleshed out and they, they work. And it's, it's never, uh, when they bring up the fact that the, the, the captain is gay, it's never, it's never for a cheap joke and it's never just to mention it. It's always in service of the story or in service of something that's actually funny not just stupid funny no there's no gay panic humor or anything in it Uh, yeah exactly the uh and it's i mean unlike girls which i know got a lot of flack um you i feel like it's realistic anyway because you're not going to set something at a police precinct in brooklyn and have it be all white right it just it wouldn't even make any sense oh does girls get flack for not for being all white or yeah, yeah, it did. And like I said, I only watched like the first two or three episodes of the show, so I, they might have done stuff to address that. But yeah, it was a big thing for a while. Like, where are all the minority characters? Um, well, but, I, there's parts of Brooklyn where it's too rich, so <laughs> makes sense. 
too rich for anybody but white people to live in. Yeah, except the nannies. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> I was let that lie there. Let's cut that part out. Okay, it's cut. Yes. The um, but Brooklyn Nine Nine, I think we've said before, our favorite sitcom, new sitcom um, this year, and this one along with Sleepy Hollow, really the only shows I've I've kept up on. Uh, only new shows that started this year. I still I still watch Agents of Shield. I think it got better. But oh, I do too. I guess I just don't care that much about it. Like I I watch it, but it's just kind of popcorn shit for mm-hmm. me. Like well, I think that's all that that'll ever be. It's not. Yeah, I, but I'm more like invested in Brooklyn Nine Nine, where I'm like, oh, Brooklyn Nine Nine's on tonight. I want to watch it. I am too. Which is shock. What is shocking to me is I had no idea this was a finale, and I think that I have to blame Fox for that. Yeah, they didn't. I don't remember any ads with like the season finale. Yeah, don't they usually do that? Don't you know it's coming? I, I'm, I, just I think maybe... so. But I guess it was. They did do like twenty-two episodes, which is a full season, I guess. So uh, I thought twenty-four was a full season, but I guess not. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I love the characters on it, and I think they've only gotten better as the show's gone on. They definitely have gotten better, and I think they've, Chelsea. Relation- Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say Chelsea Peretti has become one of my favorite uh, people on the show. I can't remember her character's name right now. But she in this episode, she decided she was going to start speaking in emoji because uh, the English language couldn't couldn't really get across her true feelings as well as she wanted. <laughs> See, she's gr- uh, Gina. She's grown on me. Gina, yeah. When, when I first started watching the show, I found her too irritating. But as the show's gone on, I, I think they've... They've given her enough to do that's not irritating that she's better. Yes, and she she has she's been having some of the best lines on yeah lately yeah. too. Um, yeah, I think she's great. The uh, the tough ass cop. Uh, what's her name? Oh. It's terrible that we don't even know these characters' names. But she's Is grown on Santiago? me. Santiago. Yeah, Santiago. Because she, I mean, this was by uh, some people from Parks and Rec, right? And so she is definitely the Aubrey Plaza character. We talked about that before. And uh, there's two Jerry's on this show. Yeah, they're 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 partners, and they can only do police a uh, police work when it's in certain when they're trying to find a secret bathroom, which is a, a not this episode, another episode, but it was really funny. Yeah, it, the show's the show's gotten better. Although I thought it started out strong. Um, I you know I I don't think of her as I never I never would have guessed of her as the Aubrey Plaza character, but I guess I see what you're saying. Kind of not liking human beings. Right. But I mean, really deep down, she does. But yeah. 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 And then, uh, oh my God, dude! Why can't I think of any characters' names? This is ridiculous. Diaz. Um, Terry. Diaz. Okay. Um, that's Jake's love interest. Yeah. And they right. did that well too. They, they didn't throw it at you right away and they didn't throw it at him right away. Like he's just realizing he's in love with her. He's realizing. Yeah. I mean, you saw it coming, but they handled it well. Yeah. No, it, I mean, I mean, he yeah. didn't. Yeah. So it was, was none of that. Up. Like years of bullshit back and forth with the Jim and Pam thing where you're, Oh, like, that's just, what was, well, I don't mind the years of bullshit, but I did like how they did that in one scene. Cut it all, cut all, cut through all the shit. Yeah, yeah. In the in this episode, in fact, when he's like, "I'm gonna leave, and I don't know when I'm gonna get back, and I just want to let you know." And then they and they wrote that so well because it's perfect for his character. How he said it, I forget exact words. It was like romantic things. Yeah, yeah. 
And then he, okay, got to go. Yeah, <laughs> I can't be seen with you. Yeah, looking at uh, looking at this episode, I mean, it makes sense that it's the season finale. But I, yeah, I didn't know either until you yeah, told me. It, it makes perfect sense, but I it didn't pick up on it. And I like when shows mess up their format. So hopefully they did. So Jake's not going to be there at the beginning of next season, I'm hoping. And like, I like shows that do that, so they kind of mix things up a little bit. Yeah, Parks, Parks and Rec, and Rec does that, that. Yeah, a few times that they they were in London the one time, and and now London was just one episode. DC was half the season. Yes, yes, and I uh, I know a lot of people, which we talked about, you know, kind of don't like Andy Samberg for whatever reason. But I I mean I don't get it. I I have no problem with the guy, but I I think that he's perfectly fine in this, and it's an ensemble show, and he's he's the goofy dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we both talked about why well, we don't get it, but it's it, the, he's not, he doesn't over, he does, he's not in the whole show, so he's not the whole face of the show. Right, but I think you know, I mean, I, I kind of get you know when people are are put off by this type of character, which I think they see Andy Samberg as this character, but he's also he doesn't come across as a dick. Like there's still humanity. Yeah, behind yeah. his his goofiness and his braggadocio and stuff, and he puts it across. I don't think that's necessarily easy to do mm-hmm. to make somebody like that likable. So I think he does a really good job on this, and uh, and of course uh, Andre Brower is <laughs> is great as he is in everything. Yeah, there's no flaw no flaws in his performance, and I don't know if he's done comedy before. I don't either. I know he did that. He did that Men of a Certain Age show, which I never saw with uh, Ray oh, Romano yeah. and stuff. That was more of a dramedy. Yeah, that's what I thought. But it was still, it was, it was more comedy than Homicide Life on the Street. Every, anything is more comedy than Homicide. <laughs> um, a super depressing show, but also great. Speaking of which, have you watched any more of The Wire yet? No. God damn it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to finish Veronica Mars, though. Again? I never finished it. Oh, you I never, did. I never saw the last uh, three or four episodes because I didn't want it to end. That's so fucking weird to me, dude. So I went back and I watched the first two before the movie came out. And I, I got pretty much first through the first two. So there's parts of the movie that spoiled the end of the. And the other thing I didn't want to finish is because I didn't want him to, her to get together with Piz because I didn't like that character very much. Yeah, no, I agree. Anyway, we shouldn't talk about Veronica Mars. We talked about that show enough, and we might get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, but Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, I think it it's a perfect balance of uh, of like slapstick and goofy comedy, and then uh, subtle smart comedy. I think so. Yeah, and it is Barney Miller. Yeah, it, just, it it kind of is. I would like to see them do a hash episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> that would be great. Just to see how everybody. I'd like to see Terry on hash. I'd like to see instead of uh, Captain Hope being the one that doesn't take that he does eat some, and I'd like to see how he reacts, and Jake being the one that didn't eat it. Doesn't, yeah, he doesn't need it. <laughs> yeah. He acts like he's on hash all the time. But that's, I mean, and this is the kind of show that does it. But it's fun when shows have a straight, like a, a, a comic foil, and they make things happen. So he's not the comic foil for an episode. Yes, no, I agree, and they they should do that. What they they kind of do it with this show because Boyle is over the top. So and sometimes when Boyle and Jake are together, Jake is the straight man. Yeah, and that's Boyle's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the way they handled that too, with him breaking up with Mary Lou Henner. Like it was just 
They showed one scene, that's it. It's over. Yeah, yeah. They didn't need to drag that out. Um, and they didn't do what they were kind of pointing towards with the end of the episode with Boyle waking up. With, yeah, next you to thought she'd Santiago. wake up with Santiago, but w- waking up next to Chelsea Peretti was funny. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And okay. I get the idea that next season is just going to be like something they ignore and not something that's going to be anything else than that. Yeah, I hope so. We'll see. It's been a I'm sure it hasn't even written yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the idea of Santiago not becoming romantically involved with Boyle at all. I think it works yeah. better when she's, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, she obviously likes him, but not in that way. Right, right. And he likes her in that way, so I think it's that's good. It's a good uh, dynamic, but I, I don't think it would necessarily be great if they got together. So, But they did work the season well, where you had half the season where he's pining over her. And doing all this crazy stuff, and it's really it was funny, but they ended it fast enough before it got old that he hooked up with Mary Lou Henner. Yeah, and then she was kind of seeing more in him, Santiago. Mm, right, right, right. Um, dude, do you remember the name of the game that uh, Andre Brower got addicted to a couple episodes back? No, I damn it, I wish I could. Anyway, that was a that was a funny episode with Andre Brower too. He got addicted to a, I don't know, some kind of Candy Crush type game. Yeah, that's it was Candy Crush. Yeah, I mean basically, but it it had a funny name because it was pronounced uh, differently than it should have been. One of the words, anyway. That doesn't matter. Oh right, oh, I remember now. That's not how you pronounce that. Yeah, don't say it like that. And then he said it like that. The show, the whole season is is worth watching. I think, um, and the characters grow and they grow on you. And all the actors are are doing a really good job. Um, I love that they have the two Jerry dudes just like as background characters who you know they don't get a lot of screen time. Like they're they're on the show the perfect the perfect amount of time. And but that's that's what's great about them. It's like it's like Jerry because he's the same way. They as the show's going on, they give him more time. But just once in a while, come out with something funny, just like Creed in The Office. Yes, exactly. In the background, and once in a while, and when they do come out, it's usually a really funny line. Yeah, yeah. Creed's like this episode, he's, what did he say? He said, "He said, well, I've never been broken up, but my kids don't love me anymore." <laughs> right? Yeah, my kids won't t- haven't talked to me for years yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I like. Uh, all right, remind me of her name again. Uh, Santiago. Oh, Jake's love it. Diaz. I like. At first, I was like, "Oh, she, you know, she's like just the pretty, like want to please person, and she doesn't really have that much personality." But she's She's grown on me too as the as the season's gone on. Yeah, they they they've had her do ridiculous things, which I didn't, you know, from the beginning of the show, you wouldn't think she'd be doing stupid stuff because she was the one with her head on straight, which makes it funnier when she claims to have dental problems and the captain brings her to the dentist. Right, <laughs> she's trying to get out of something. She says she has uh, a dental emergency, so he brings her to his dentist anyway. <laughs> but yeah, she she has grown. They've all they've all like kind of come into their own as characters on the show. So um, I've been, I've been really liking it more and more. And this episode was a good season ender. Yeah. Knowing it, I wish, I don't know. It was a perfect season ender because it has a little cliffhanger to it. Yeah. A couple little cliffhangers really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope they don't mess with the show too much. I hope they keep, because everybody, like you say, everybody's good in it. It's not, sometimes you'll watch a show and they're like, everybody's good, but 
But there's nothing I would say but about the show. They're doing everything perfect. So I hope they don't mess with it too much. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I mean, I think they finally like found their footing. So I'm hoping it's going to continue to be just as strong when it comes back. I assume it's coming back. It is. It, it's gotten whatever they call it, a full Renewed. season. Oh, good. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know what day or what air, what, you know, how they're going to do it. Well, they should keep it where it is now after New Girl. I feel like that's a good block. I don't know if New Girl's coming back. I know Mindy Project is coming back. I don't know if New Girl is. Dads? Have you heard? No, I don't know. But I, oh. there's Bob Odenkirk was on uh, Comedy Bang Bang. To, the one I listened to today it was probably from early last year. And he, he said, the IFC sees how popular bang, uh, uh, Dads is, and they're putting out their own version. Stupid, irritating people, it's called. This could have been – I mean, Dads could have been – called that and uh it still wouldn't show you the depths of how bad it is um <laughs> but we got to stop talking shit about dads because who cares i i haven't even watched it since that first episode so well the thing i mean the when it first came out it was fun to make fun of because it was so terrible but at this point nobody likes it so it's, it's like kicking a, a little dog a little ugly dog when it's down i guess so but i think it has like I don't know. You should look at it, the Facebook page for dads and see how many likes it has. It's crazy. Oh, that's just studio pace for all those likes. I would hope so. Let me see. There's that one site, TV by the numbers, that predicts whether or not the show is going to continue. Uh, Fox. Let's see what they say about dads. Nope. It has a, a, a frowny face next to it. So. Oh, well, uh, Gina would appreciate that. Bob's Burgers is renewed. Oh, that's good. New Girl is renewed. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is renewed. Simpsons is renewed. <laughs> well, th- I mean, they'll run that. It's going to go forever. Yeah. They'd, voice actors, you can do that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I know. I feel like we gave kind of short shrift to uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but that's all right. Oh, that- no. I think we talked about it a long time. Okay, good. And uh, uh, talk. It's just, it's so similar to Barney Miller. It's not like you can talk about the differences. There's, the, I guess the big difference is the f- fact that there's uh, main, in the main cast, there's women now. And that's what makes sense. Back then, you go to a standard precinct, I guess there's no new women cops. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. And, and, and gay. Yeah, forget about 1970s gay cop on a, on a TV show would have been really ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure they probably had some gay uh, suspects that they brought in because and you beat know, up because they were gay. I I don't think uh, Barney's precinct would be beating up the gays, but I'm sure they. they if they oh, you mean an episode? Yeah, gays. I, they would have used them for comic we were, effect. We're talking about this during the break. How how shows are less likely to tackle controversial subjects now than they were in that time period and how weird it is. It, it really is weird. I, I don't know. It's like this new Puritanism that I don't get, but it, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's the whole think of the children mentality. That's gotten a bit out of hand, I guess. I think so. It's, it's, it's odd because in a lot of ways we are much more liberal nowadays on, on, in many different areas but in some it's just it's like we're back in the 50s it's really kind of a a weird dichotomy and i think part of it is on network tv you can do less than you could then but at the same time on cable tv you can do infinitely more 
So it's like the network TV has gotten a lot more conservative while the things on cable are less conservative. So you don't notice how conservative network TV is because you're comparing it to It's Always Sunny. Yeah, but I, I still think, like, I don't know. I think there's room for network TV to to push more envelopes too because there, I agree. there are whole channels dedicated to kid shit. So yeah. <laughs> so what's the, what's the issue, really? I, I don't think Married with Children, which it, it wouldn't be a big crime because Married with Children, as we talked about, wasn't wasn't that great. But I don't think it would go on Fox now. I don't think it would it would it would pass the test. No, uh, I mean it it was still smarter than Dad's, but it was I mean that's true. Dad's is pretty bad, so maybe it would. Yeah, but Dad's just is like that kind of um that kind of un PC humor or whatever you want to call it is just so forced. Yeah. On that show, where whereas uh, I mean, when Married with Children came out, it was it was a whole new thing to do yeah, that kind of humor on TV. I, I'm going to take back what I said a little bit because I think Fox is is pushes the envelope, but just not in in ways that are. I think in the 70s they would push the envelope in more socially responsible ways, of trying to get issues out there that were important, but. Fox just pushes the envelope like when they have a dominatrix on Family Guy. Right, right, exactly. Well, you know, you know, I'm not a fan of any of those Seth MacFarlane shows either. Um, no, but that's the kind of that's the kind of envelope pushing they're doing. More yeah, the, no, that's true. I mean, the dirty, dirty joke, but f- without much of a payoff. It is true that every time uh, I hear a, uh, a network show like use the word ass or call somebody a dick or something i see it as a little victory and uh, can just, they say dick on tv yeah yeah they can call people dicks now i so didn't know that that's that's cool um i just i just wish there was room for true adult stuff i don't mean i don't mean um uh, porn but but adult language and, mm-hmm. and situations and, and topics stuff. without topics, without yeah. being a big deal right right exactly but um, I don't know. I guess we can chalk it up to Barry O in the White House. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. I went to the movies this weekend. I don't know if the, the theater here, all the people who work at the theater have a name tag, and underneath their name is always their favorite movie. And I think that's the best thing that's ever happened. I love it. And so I, I find myself looking at teenage girls' chests often when I go to the movies. Hey, who doesn't? But, I mean, it's also good... Because then if you see they have something um, like Transformers Dark of the Moon, you can ask them uh, what good movie's playing and then go see the exact opposite of it. <laughs> yeah. If they say it's in Theater B, you go to Theater D because yeah. that's the opposite letter. Precisely. As we all learned from Cookie Monster. But today, or not, I didn't go today. When I went yesterday, the, the favorite movies was Step Brothers and, oh, what was the other one? It was Silver Lines Playbook. Oh, so they're young people who haven't seen a lot. What is wait? Is Step Brothers the Will Ferrell? Yeah, movie? Adam uh, Scott. I've never seen it. It's very funny, but I like the Will Ferrell. Um, what's the other guy's name? The guy from Magnolia who was a cop. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. I like I like their combination. It usually cracks me up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that is cool. I although I mean I guess it depends on what kind of theater you're going to too. Um. This is a big, huge theater. Yeah, no, the, obviously, I, I could tell. It plays just, everything. Just from the name, the movies they picked. Um, oh, what, oh, yeah. What movie did you see? 
I saw what will probably be my recommendation, Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, okay. You want to go into recommendations? Sure. I recommend Grand Budapest Hotel. If you like Wes Anderson, obviously you'll like this, but it was good. It was uh, very funny. Uh, all the performances were terrific. Ray Fiennes is awesome. Uh, the the guy who, I don't know his name, but it's just probably one of his first movies who played the lobby boy was really good in it. And Ronan Saroy's Ronan was had a small part and she was good. Just great cast as always with Wes Anderson and beautiful. Just you get to turn the sound off and you enjoy the images. It's just I love how he he frames things and puts things on the screen that just meld well together. He's just he is an artist and you'll like the movie. I liked it. Was uh, Bill Murray in it? Small part, yeah. Did he play a depressed mope? Nope. Oh, he's branching out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was. Uh, I was disappointed to find out that it was. I was not the only one to think this, but it was a Wes Anderson action movie. That I mean, that sounds like the worst of both worlds to me. It wasn't. It was. It was delightful. I'm sure it looked good. It, well, that goes without saying. I don't think he could make a movie that doesn't look good. Oh, I was watching. I was thinking, why don't more directors pay more attention to this stuff? I don't know. I mean, maybe it isn't him. Maybe he has. A, maybe he doesn't care what his movies look like, and he just has his, his buddy, who's a cinematographer, who really, really cares, and that's why they look so good. And I'm giving him too much credit, but whatever. They no, I great. think he cares. Yeah, but I just wonder why can't other like because uh, well, you can I make think... a crap movie with with terrible writing and everything, but if it looked good, it would still have something going for it. Well, yeah, I mean that explains Wes Anderson to a T. No, he's he has good writing, but like, fuck that dude. He's an fucking aphid all right i'm just i don't, you know, I don't know what that means i don't either but he's uh he's not my cup of tea but and i probably will not see the movie uh, how would you compare it to other wes anderson movies uh similar i, I don't think you'd like it. it it has the same complaint that people i mean i've already seen people make the complaint where they don't feel an emotional attachment to the characters so it it's I don't I don't know. I don't really have a pecking order of which is best and which is worst. So it's it was well, good. Rushmore's was, best. Yeah, if I'm going to say best, I'm just going to say Bottle Rocket cuz that's my favorite. That was my favorite when I saw it and I, it has so many great lines. There's something about uh uh Owen Wilson that I, I don't know. Wasn't he in uh, Rushmore? Maybe he was. I, I know, like was he or was that Luke Wilson that was the boyfriend? Well, Luke Wilson was in Rushmore. Okay. Yeah, Owen Wilson. Something about him drives me a little crazy. I think um, he co-wrote Rushmore. Maybe, yeah, because he was he was like roommates with Wes Anderson or something, right? I think so. Some uh, I don't really know. They went to like university together or something. Um, but yeah, I, whatever problem you have with him, I don't because I think he's I love him in movies. He always cracks me up. Yeah. Oh, it's totally my my own thing. I, I, cause I can't even put my finger on it. Just, there's just something about him that rubs me the wrong way. So, um, but Luke Wilson too, I think he's so funny. I think he should be in more funny movies. Cause whenever he is, he's funny. Luke Wilson is the perfect Wes Anderson actor because he doesn't really express any emotions ever. Yet he hasn't been in a Wes Anderson movie since, uh, Roller Town on Bond. I, I know it's bizarre. Um, all right, I'll stop. I'll stop picking on your, uh, your recommendation. Yeah, it's a shame. We'll see what you recommend. I know it's it's a shame because I forgot uh, what I was going to recommend. Oh, I know what it is. Uh, I don't think I've recommended it before. The Americans, the TV show. What a pile of crap that show is. With Carrie Russell 
and uh, a bunch of other people you don't know. Wait, we, I think we have we might have talked about it before. I can't remember if I've recommended it. We've talked about it. I don't think you recommended it. Yeah. it is, I watched the first season and I liked it. The second season, it just wasn't taping correctly, so I gave up on it. Nothing to do with the content of the show. Right, right. Carrie Russell's awesome. Uh, the kids are good, too, which is odd. And they, and they do a fantastic job of making it look like the 80s. Yes. Yeah. No, it looks... It, it's very well shot. And, uh, and yeah, like you said, they, they get the fashions and the, the look right without it being... Um, Without it being over the top, like, well, look, we're in the wacky '80s. Look at all this crazy. Oh, exactly. Yeah. and shit. Yeah. yeah. No, they don't. They don't do that. So, um, they get the period down, and uh, the story is pretty compelling. It's and when I watch it, I'm, it really makes me think. I'm like, oh yeah, there. This would be how spies would work in, if they were working undercover in a country. You know, they'd have a cover and mm-hmm. and maybe. Try, I mean, I don't know how realistic it is that they would. You know have a have a home life and a fake business set up and everything but it's a uh, it's cool to think about like that's how that's how shit went down in the cold war i found myself rooting against them a lot which was fun too oh yeah i mean they are the bad guys but yeah but even in the context of the show they're kind of the bad guys because that fbi agent is kind of a good guy but then he's kind of a bad he's guy too he's kind of too. a dick yeah yeah it's it's a really interesting show that I guess the guy from the Waltons is, well, maybe this season he isn't, but last season he was pretty much a good guy. No, he's pretty the much the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Boy, he's, yeah, but but he's also not that interesting, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the Americans on FX, um, or, you know, you can you can get it through other means. It's on, the first season's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, first you season's on Amazon free Prime. If you have Amazon Prime. FX has done a good job, so that's, I mean, I've talked about Justified about a million times. At some point, I'll probably recommend it since I haven't yet. But they've done a good job with it. And I've heard good things about Sons of, Son of Anarchy, which I is also Anarchy, FX, so. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know. I, it's not top tier to me. It's I watched the first few seasons, and, um, you know, it was decent. Uh, the Shield was FX, right? Shield, yeah. That was their first foray into, you know, original programming. Didn't um, uh, Damages start off as FX? Or is yes. that always that? Okay. Yeah, so and they, then they... Yeah, no, they've done a good job. And from what I hear, that show uh, Terriers was really good, although they they canceled it after one season. Oh, and that was FX. That was FX too. Yeah. So that's that's all bodes well for Fargo, which we talked about last time. And it's oh, I didn't soon. realize it was on FX. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, they've got a good track record. Um, and I mean, comedies. I guess they've done. It's always Sunny in the League. I don't really know what else they've got going in in that. Uh, Louis. Oh shit! No shit, Louis, which I love. So, and yeah. the, from what I I've read and heard, Louis and It's Always Sunny were very similar in how they set up their deals with the creators. They yeah, because they wanted creative control and they took less money and yeah, I think that's cool that they did that. In which, because uh, it uh, doesn't doesn't matter. I was going to make fun of Mark Marin, but I won't bother. I haven't seen his show. I don't want to on IFC. Yeah, I don't really have much. I heard him on Comedy Bang Bang, and he was talking about he was talking about Louie. He's like, "Well, everyone wants to compare me to Louie. Not everybody's like Louie. I'm doing my own thing." It's like the way he was saying Louie, talking about Louie show, it was, it was such disdain. I was just like, "Well, because no way, jealous as hell of Louie. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. He's always, you know, every time you hear him talk, he's got resentment for somebody else's success. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I'll watch it. 
Um, That's Judd Hirsch. We should we should start to do a taxi episode. Yeah, we got to figure out what to do taxi against. Although, uh, taxi was another one that was like like Barney Miller and to some extent Brooklyn Nine Nine. Though they they go outside a lot more in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Another one that was set almost completely within the workplace. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is true. The Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we're talking about Barney Miller always being in the in the office, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine goes out a lot more. They have that bar they go to all the time. All, everybody's apartment has been seen at least, not everybody, most most of the characters' homes have been seen. So they go out a lot more than Barney Miller. Yeah. I, and I don't. I guess they have more money than Barney Miller did to, to do that kind of thing. And maybe it's cheaper now to do that kind of thing, well, too. I, yeah, I think also Barney Miller was uh, shot on tape in, uh, in front, well... Was it actually in front of an audience? That's the thing I couldn't tell watching. Like, was that canned read, laughter? I read at first it was, and then it wasn't. And then it was sweetened. Laughter. But I mean, like the first few seasons it was. Yeah, then they just did the laugh track after the first few seasons. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, Ava well, Goda couldn't stand the lights anymore. Yeah. Oh, Abe Vigoda. I recommend him. <laughs> yeah, I recommend him highly. I wish he would do more. Like, I like how he's just Abe Vigoda. He doesn't even have to do anything except. Yeah, well, he's like a hundred years old, so he shows up on Conan every once in a while, or he did. Um, and yeah, and that's it. But um, yeah, these uh, Barney Miller and Brooklyn Nine Nine. I we I think Barney Miller episodes are not available like streaming. Um. I, wait, there might be a couple on Crackle. Is that what it is? Yeah, there's a, like limited number on Crackle, and then there's the ones we can find on YouTube. It's it's odd and sad that it's not easier to find. Well, I want that to be on Netflix or or Amazon Prime for for people to watch it. The same with Sanford and Son. Why do they make it so difficult to watch these good shows from the '70s to be to be easily watchable? I really don't know. Yeah, I, I guess they want people to buy the DV. I know that Shell Factory is coming out with a new box set of Bob Newhart show. Which is kind of neat, but I'd rather have it streaming to make it easy to watch. Yeah, but well, I mean, I think I would too. But the uh, the Shout Factory, like the DVD set, you know, they'll have a ton of extras and stuff, which will be yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they should have, especially Sanford and Son. Like it's a classic. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, but you know, we're we're old men, so who gives a shit? We're not in the, we're not uh, desirable to marketers anymore. Well, that's the thing. I. Even the the newer shows, I don't understand why that's not more quickly on streaming. Like people don't buy box sets as much as they used to. And I imagine that's why they don't put it. Like a person, a show like Person of Interest, which I think I've talked about as being one of the best shows on TV and de- definitely the best genre show on TV. Why can't that be on Netflix so people can catch up and watch it next season? I just don't understand why it isn't. You'd think it, it would only help them. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I, people always talk about doing. Uh, binge watching of, of a show before the new season so they can catch up so yeah i think hollywood is just they're so stuck to the old model of of doing things that like they they can't really i don't i don't know what it is you know if it's just that they're all a bunch of old men making the decisions and they're like this streaming thing is a fad or <laughs> whatever but that's how yeah that's how people people aren't buying dvds anymore it's it, it's a shame because I, I t- I've told a few people about personal interest, but there's really no way for them to watch it. And especially sh- I'm specifically mentioning that because it kind of has a build up to it. If it's doesn't it doesn't work as well in, in standalone episodes. I mean, you can watch standalone episodes and understand what's going on, but they're more enjoyable when you have the context of what what the character has gone through. Well, that's the thing, though. There are ways for people to watch it. They're just not legal. And so well, that's the, true. The studios are just missing out on 
on any money. By, yeah, by I mean, I'm, I'm sure they get pennies for it being on Netflix, but those pennies are better than zero. <sighs> you know, but that's and I, the, the other thing is, I think it does when you can watch a show streaming, it probably raises the ratings during the season because people catch up on the show and like, oh, I enjoyed that, and now I'm going to watch it first. Watch round. it live, yeah, yeah, and watch the commercials and buy all the shaving cream I can get. Fools. Uh, well, I, one day. I don't know what episode we're up to, but I'm, I say by the time we're up to episode uh, 2000, maybe maybe the entertainment industry will finally start listening to us. I hope it happens well before that. but Yeah, I don't even know how many years that would be. Uh, episode 2000 would be 2072 in August. Oh, so we'll still be doing it by then for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, I'm... I'm done, I think. Are you? Yeah. I, I can't uh I can't pull any more bullshit out of my brain. So oh, I'm not gonna admit to that, but I mean I can. I just choose not to. Um so next week we are doing uh another album one. Pixies uh, versus Pixies. Yeah, so the first Pixies album, Surfer Rosa versus their newest one, uh Indie Cindy. Uh which isn't even technically out yet, but uh we'll be doing that for the next episode, so tune in and uh you want to take it away with all the other crap, Pat? Like us on Facebook. Write us on pop con- at popculturecontinue at gmail.com if you'd like to be on the show, if you have any suggestions for the show, or if you just like to say that you like the cut of our jibs. And uh, write us highly on iTunes. Plus, tell all your friends to listen to the show. And also, take a moment to love yourself. And with that, I bid you adieu. Self-love is a sin. <laughs> <laughs>